As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research. Among them, these stand out for their support of healthy digestive function. BioCore enhanced enzymes and enzymes HCL. Digestive enzymes are essential to the body's absorption, but the capacity to make enzymes diminishes with age. BioCore enhanced enzymes contains a blend of non-GMO enzymes that will aid in the digestion of most foods, including beans and cruciferous vegetables. Enzymes HCL is a specially balanced blend of nine different enzymes that can break down protein, carbohydrates, fat, and fiber, and may help reduce bloating, indigestion, occasional heartburn, and gas. They're available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And it's our weekly opportunity to answer your questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. With me, of course, is Layla Mutin. That's why we call it Q&A with Layla, because it is with Layla. Yeah, Logically me. enough, right? <laughs> and so uh, together, uh, we actually have collectively a brain. Sometimes, uh, you know, we, we try <laughs> fill in the gaps for one another and uh, collectively answer your questions. So we got uh, lots of questions in the mailbag to get to, but a couple of things I, I wanted to talk about. First of all, uh, mm -hmm. from time to time, and I, I do this like every six months, I don't bother to look at reviews uh, obsessively, but from time to time I look at reviews because uh -huh. it's nice to get feedback, you know, because sure. we're broadcasting into the ether. Who knows? Right, there, right. Nobody may be listening. People may hate our content, mm -hmm. uh, but... Uh, I can't imagine that, but... We, we, we did get the good news that we crossed the 11 million download yeah. threshold, which is pretty nice. Wow. Because I remember when it was, it was like, first it was like a million downloads. Right. And then it was remember like... back when? And then it was like 5 million. I was yeah. like, oh, that's incredible. And now it's, we've reached the 11 million 11 download million. Uh, threshold. So um, that's good. We're Cheers. happy. Yeah. People are, are interested. Uh, but it's nice to get feedback. So I went to the uh, site, you know, where they list the podcasts on, you know, podcast app on Apple, Apple mm -hmm. Podcasts, where people can go. And they, can and they rank it. them, right? Do they rank them there? Is that what uh, you're getting? They, they rank them, but okay. it's, you know, okay. it, there's also um, the opportunity to, to put in a review from anywhere from one star to five stars. I see. And we average a 4.4, which is, I think, pretty good. Wow. I mean, there's some people, you know. That's great. You can't, you know, as Lincoln said, you, you, you can please some of the people some of the time, uh, or, you know, you yeah. can please some of the people all of the time, all the people some of the time. You just can't right. prove all of the people all of the time. True. Nicely, nice aphorism. So, um, I console myself with that because I would like to get a 5.0. Uh, like a GPA, like a grade point yes. average. Yes. But uh -huh. I got a 4.4, so I got, I got an A-. We want summa cum laude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, actually, this is collective because you also contribute a lot of content. You know, you do a weekly uh, yeah. uh, column and you do a weekly mm -hmm. podcast, your own podcast, on subjects that I don't dictate. It's, you know, whatever's of interest mm -hmm. to you at the time. So anyway, this one is on the podcast. Yeah. And 
I'm, I'm quoting, it, the top line is the best in both conventional and complementary medicine doctor. Uh, five wow. stars, five out of five. Wow. I've, I've been listening to Dr. Obman for decades because he is a trusted source for both conventional and complementary medicine. He is a true gem, uh, capitalized, uh -huh. for the reason that he tells it like it really is, not just from his own opinion, but always based on facts. I can always count on looking to him for the latest information on what the truth is concerning the latest studies on things, but he will bring out all the truth, actual data, or additional studies so we can get the real story and not just a biased view, especially concerning natural supplementation. Yeah. I cannot say enough about him. If you really want to learn about how to take good care of your health, he will teach you and you will learn so much. God bless Dr. Hoffman for all his years of steadfastness and devotion to truth and medicine. So, I, you know, I, I blush a little as I read that, but what I appreciate is that uh, this person gets it because my, yeah. my uh, goal is, yes, I mean, yes, I have a bias towards natural low-tech solutions, but I also call out, you mm -hmm. know... Uh, you call out BS where there's BS. Where there's BS. And there's you BS, tell the truth. There's BS in high-tech and there's BS... So, you know, yeah. although... I, I will confess a bias towards natural approaches. It's not, I'm not inalterably opposed to some of these wonderful high tech developments that can oh, enhance sure. our health. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, and my view is. Natural approaches are the least to do any kind of harm, which right. is why. Okay. You're, yeah. And to further evince that, mm -hmm. we're going to talk next about a patient that we just saw. Because yeah. this is, you know, we're recording this midday and we've had patients this morning. Yep. And one of the patients that we saw. Uh, the story is that she's been a patient for many years and she's been an optimizer and she uh, lives in Europe and comes mm -hmm. to the United States frequently yeah. and uh, is a devotee of natural medicine and mm -hmm. has uh, integrative uh, physicians and endocrinologists in Europe. Yes. Uh, not so much integrative physicians. I'm her integrative physician, but she has endocrinologists in mm -hmm. Europe, uh, top-of-the-line doctors who... Mm -hmm. I, respect because they, they're very thoughtful. A lot of the things that they do, you know, are similar things to which we espouse, like natural thyroid and yes. hormone replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, her continuous lament is she can't lose that requisite, you know, 20 pounds that she'd like to lose. Yeah. She's not diabetic, but her hemoglobin A1C was a little borderline. Yeah. And we actually genetically tested her. We found that she has a genetic propensity towards metabolic syndrome. Mm -hmm. She's of Eastern European background, and hence, you know, there's a lot about that that predisposes a high percentage of people to uh, weight gain, diabetes, it's a thrifty gene. Mm -hmm. She's got that thrifty Eastern European gene. Yeah. And I always try to say, look, and she, we've done well by her because she's lost some weight and she does well in terms of her overall well-being. Yes. So uh, she comes in today, and I haven't seen her for like a year. Yeah. And oh, I could see in the waiting room, it's like, who's that person? And she is so slim and trim. Yeah. And my first thought is like, how'd she do it? I wonder if she took Ozempic yeah. or a semaglutide. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, after you know, congratulating her, and she looks great, uh, she's utterly transformed. <clears throat> I said, so what's the deal? What have you been doing? And she's, I'm taking Ozempic. Yeah, for the last 16 months. The last 16 months. Mm -hmm. So uh, so what was the deal with that? So let's, yeah. that, so as a segue to, you know, the compliment that I got, you know, let's look at this uh, conventional therapy. Yeah. And so remarkably, she lost 16 kilos, which yeah. translates to 35 pounds yeah. of weight. And 
she is at optimal weight. Mm-hmm. Her her BMI body mass index was about twenty eight before, and it's probably about twenty three or twenty four now. It's yes. right in range right. of normal for a woman. Goldilocks. Uh, and by the way, just you know, uh, her age is in her. She's in her sixties. Yes. Uh, but she just looks great. She does. And so, what's the story with that? Well, she reported that when she took, mm-hmm. she had extreme nausea. Yeah. And she had weakness and depression. Yeah. But she hung in there because mm-hmm. she was losing weight, and that overrode how she felt. Uh, she says that she talked to other friends of hers who took Ozempic, and they didn't. They they, they felt fine, but she huh. was particularly sensitive to it. Yeah. But perhaps because she was sensitive to it, she lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Uh, she really transformed her body. Uh, she says that the symptoms have kind of leveled off now. Mm-hmm. And. There is a low-grade nausea that is always there. Yes. She does report she's less interested in food. Yeah. And there are certain aromas she doesn't like she's anymore. She's like diffident like, about food. Like cooking garlic. She she's, can't, st- you know, there's yeah. that. She's sort of diffident about food. She yeah. kind of approaches meals like, mm, you know, what shall I have? You know, yeah. Yeah, not okay. with like... She's not craving anymore. Exactly. She know, and she yeah. was a big craver yeah. over yeah. the years, which was always an obstacle yeah. for her reaching any kind of a goal weight. But now... That's that's over. I haven't seen her blood tests. That's but over she, with Ozempic. She, oh, she, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> exactly. i got to sing that song. Uh, it's magic. It's magic. Yeah, it's magic, yeah. right. I yeah. wonder how much money they got to license the song for oh, Ozempic. I wonder, too, because that was from the 60s. Right. Uh, the, the 70s, that song. Yeah. By Pilot. The band was Pilot. Pilot the band. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're paying the estate of Pilot Probably. money. Probably, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, so she lost all his weight. She tells me that her blood tests are normal, and I believe she has responsible doctors who are looking at particularly amylase, which is a sign of pancreatitis. Yeah. Because with that nausea, and that could be a sign of pancreatitis. So you have to keep a look at uh, at amylase uh, and, and lipase mm-hmm. in particular, because mm-hmm. these are signs of pancreatitis. Uh, I guess she didn't have that. Uh, she did mention, and she w- she was upset because she didn't bring her DEXA. Now, a DEXA is a very discriminating way to determine body composition, fat yeah. versus lean. Yeah. And that's the big concern I have with that kind mm. of weight loss and with these drugs, is it's impossible to lose 35 pounds and lose just fat. Right. You're going to lose muscle. Yes. And muscle is hard to come by when you're pushing 70. Yeah. And there is a tendency to lose Without muscle anyway. Effort. Yes. And so I said, that is a concern. So she said, I said, have you been exercising during this? She said, for a year I couldn't exercise because she was too knocked out. Uh, knocked out from the Ozempic as a side effect. Yeah. She felt weakness, Weak, fatigue. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. It's a trade-off, isn't it? So okay. what, what happens is you're cannibalizing your muscle to some extent because yeah. you're eating so few calories, you're using muscle for fuel. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, two things. I said, number one, by the way, she's plateaued. She's at a weight that's desirable. She's yeah. Good. She feels she, she has feels to make... lighter. She likes... That it's easier to get up yeah. and from the chair, you know. She has to maintain these other But I said, what's really key now is that yeah. you have to uh, maintain or regain some lean body mass. And she said, I am working with a trainer over in Europe. She yep. has a personal trainer. Yep. And he is working on uh, mostly strength training, mm-hmm. resistance training mm-hmm. to uh, optimize her lean body mass. Yeah. And the other thing is... You cannot optimize your lean body mass if you're on a skimpy protein diet. True. You so, need adequate protein. So I sent her I... over to your office yes. and I said, can you assess her for her protein intake? Yep. Because in order to be 
anabolic and not catabolic, you need to eat about a gram of protein for every pound of weight. And she sure. has about, she probably needs about 120 or 130 grams. Yeah. Yeah. So did, yeah. was it your assessment that she was meeting that? We gave- she was meeting that. She's eating enough high biological value protein as well. She's getting other protein sources. The plant sources are helpful. She's not skimping. She's not going any day mm-hmm. or a number of days a week without any animal protein. That's simply right. not happening at all. And There's I, always some every day for at least two meals. Right. And the portion is is adequate for her. And then I also yeah. suggested she take a whey protein supplement, which will yeah. add about 20 or 30 grams yeah. daily, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm doing now, too, as a mm-hmm. hedge against uh, sarcopenia. Yeah. Uh, so what I also looked at is the potential for some anabolic things like DHEA yeah. and maybe testosterone for her. She is taking hormone replacement therapy. And those can support lean body mass. Yeah. Uh, women don't have much DHA or testosterone. Hence, women are a little bit more prone to frailty. Yeah. Because um, they have less muscle reserve to begin with, and they mm-hmm. have less anabolic hormones to preserve muscle mass. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of growth hormone for that. It would help, but growth hormone, I think, is sort of an anti-longevity thing. Yeah. Uh, it mm-hmm. makes you look great, but then you die sooner. Yeah, not a good trade-off there. Right. You know. So anyway, <laughs> so the, I thought that was an interesting case. She was also concerned about, you know, are, is she digesting the protein properly? And should she take digestive enzymes? And I said, I, I think it, your body is, unless you have some malabsorption syndrome, your body's pretty efficient about utilizing the protein. But if you don't exercise, it won't utilize the protein to True. build muscle. True. So you have to kind of link the two. Right. So what was your take on that? Do you think... Right that digestive enzymes are going to make a big difference in that? No, not necessarily because she didn't she didn't complain of any constipation or any other issues early that would satiety. require early satiety yeah. that would require some digestive enzymes or any kind of indigestion. Some people Nothing say like that. Yeah, they say, you know, oh I eat I can't eat a steak anymore because it's like so Oh, so I can't digest stuff. a steak. Yeah, I yeah. can't digest red meat. So consider digestive enzymes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. That was not the case for okay. her at all. Okay. Because she's eating all of those protein sources. So without I mean, any kind of what I'm going to do, yeah. you know, I'm going to give a qualified pass to the Ozempic for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, some of this weight loss was health related. Some of it was frankly cosmetic. I mean, she feels terrific about her body yeah. transformation. Yeah. Um, she is doing it responsibly, I think. The, she And she is openly aware of this. She said, I may have to take Ozempic for the rest of my life or whatever the next greatest medication yeah. is. Yeah. Because statistics show that you generally gain a certain percentage of your body weight when you stop. True. Because that low-level nausea is going to go away. The disinterest in food is going to wane. And your body set point will return and will want to get you back to where you yes. were. Yes. But... Yeah. Uh, so there's actually some evidence that people not only regain some of the weight they've lost, but all of the weight and even overshoot that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that happens all the time. And most of the studies suggest that there's some longer lasting effects where you gain about 70% of the weight you lost afterwards, mm-hmm. but you still retain about a 30% weight loss, which is somewhat beneficial. It's still something. Um, Considering so, most people gain the weight back and then some. Right. And then there's newer, even more effective medications like Majaro. Now, here's the other thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, She gets it in Europe. And I said, what's the availability? She said, it's very hard to get now because there's a run on it all worldwide. Wow. Uh, People want it for weight loss. But it's it's much cheaper there. And it's it's so much cheaper. 
that it's it's about medication one. here in the U.S. is three times more than anywhere yeah, else in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, and even though it's and you know maybe there's a black market for this, it's still cheaper there. Yeah, yeah. So you should be better off getting it there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Well, it's an interesting case study. Yeah, and we're going to see more and more of these cases. Mm -hmm. uh, the caution is try, if you can, while you're taking these medications, to do resistance training and to eat adequate protein. Now, it's hard. Protein is the most satiating, satiating thing. And you're so, already so, so, semi-nauseated. Right. So when you're eating like you know 900 or 1,000 calories a day, how much protein are you going to eat? Probably that not that much. so low. Yeah. That is so not good for other things like thyroid and, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. True. True. A thousand calories a day, okay, if you're in a hospital bed or a nursing home, that would be different. Because well, your calorie re needs much. I mean, what's your take on how many calories you, you, you did you get a sense? Because I know you didn't formally she, with a computer. She's probably getting a minimum of 1,400 a day. That's still enough to guarantee weight loss. Yeah, that's true. Or, or weight maintenance. True. Because most Americans eat north of 2,500 or 3,000 calories per day. Sure. Sure. Or at least over 2,000. Yeah. 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 So to lose Depending weight, you generally have to go 2,000 or less. Mm -hmm. Am I correct mm -hmm. in saying that? Sure. And depending on activity, activity level, level. Also depending Age. on carbohydrate grams. Right. You know, people think they could eat all they want on a low-carb diet. Calories do matter at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. If you're going to eat 3,500 calories a day, you're still going to gain weight. Right. I don't care if you're eating zero carbs. Yeah. If all you're eating is is half a cow, that's which is ridiculous, right. and you're eat, you're still going to gain weight. And, and all that and excess a protein, half a pound of nuts, and, right? And right. a half pound of nuts. Right. All that excess protein is going to become blood sugar and all that other stuff anyway. So yeah, that, that was the other thing. Okay, that was the other part of the query, but. Okay. Yeah. So, so anyway, we're, so we're thought, watching her and yeah. seeing how she's doing. I mean, you know, she, the side effects may emerge, you know, 10, 20 years hence with True. these medications. Oh, there was an interesting thing in the Wall Street Journal. Huh. It, it was entitled Ozempic Dreams. Was uh -oh. the, and in other words, people were reporting anecdotally, there hasn't been a formal study, that they're having these really weird dreams. That they're have, they're, their stars are, are appearing in their dreams and they're having... Uh, you know, uh, interacting with with uh, celebrities in their dreams, and this they believe is due to Ozempic. Now, so I read that article, and then tonight, I mean, last night, uh -huh. I had a long, really pleasant dream about palling around with Brad Pitt. Oh, and well, that was the day residue that you carried into your dream at night. That's right. what happened. And there. I wasn't on Ozempic. Yeah, but I got to tell you, he's a great guy. He's like really. In your dream was he's he really great? fun, and he's really <laughs> humble. He's he doesn't, you know. I said no like, hubris at all. And I said, you know, Brad. I said, you know, I don't want to take up a lot of your time. He says, no, fine. I'm like, good. You know, let's let's hang out. <laughs> He says, I know, I said, I know you have a lot of things to do. You're a really busy guy. And he says, no, no, no. Oh this time is for you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's interesting about the, the dream side effect because uh, I'm thinking of, of another drug, uh, a drug for sleep, Ambien, yeah. where not only, not necessarily about vivid dreams or anything like that, but a kind of a maybe sleepwalking or an alternate life that goes on or some other. That not being conscious of, of doing other things like maybe getting up in the middle of the night and yep. 
going to the fridge or something. Well, I think that with Ozempic, you know, there is definitely, it is thought that the way it makes you lose weight is through a brain effect on appetite. And perhaps if there's a brain effect on appetite, there may be a brain effect on sleep quality or dreaming. Yeah. But also, you know, another point to be made is that if you may have a different sleep quality if you're, if you're eating less. And it may change the way your brain works. That's true too. If your brain, your brain on total satiety and yes. over overkill calorically versus your brain on skimpy calories, right, it might have a different true effect. You on don't sleep. want to have the nightmares of having a chili dog at bedtime <laughs> and then going to bed and then having the nightmare. Right, right. You don't want that. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, so for what it's worth, it's it's a thing. Right. Ozempic dreams. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Okay. All right. All right. So let's get to questions. Okay. Because we do, uh, you know, I, we reserve the right to digress. <laughs> <laughs> this comes from Greg, and his question is, stem cells to reverse diabetes? Hi, Dr. Hoffman. I've been following you for many years, and I believe in your approach to health, and I totally enjoy your weekly uh, newsletter emails. I've been into fitness and eating properly my whole life. I was diagnosed with diabetes a few years ago. I have my mother's genes and she had it. I went and saw someone about having a bone marrow stem cell injection. I'm still skeptical about the procedure. Could could you talk about this or what is your opinion on this? Well, okay, they're, they're jumping the gun on what is a promising technology. Because, and this is, it's not as if this hasn't occurred to researchers on diabetes, is that in diabetes, especially type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes is different. Type 2 diabetes is about resistance to insulin, and you yeah. often have high insulin mm -hmm. resistance at the cellular level, where your yeah. cells, it's like insulin, saying no. insulin, so. insulin everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. with uh, type 1 diabetes, where you need insulin shots, mm -hmm. your, your production of insulin fails, and there's a specific structure within the pancreas called the islets of Langerhans. Yes. Uh, not a tourist destination. No. But it's the little, little, uh, the beta it's cells. like beta cells that are yeah. seeded within your pancreas mm -hmm. that are powerhouses of producing insulin. And they fail for some reason. It's thought to be an autoimmune thing. Yeah. That they, uh, just they stop, functioning. stop functioning. And so the idea is, well, hey, why don't we take like a, a mixture of islets of Langerhand cells, grow them, in a in a petri dish, and then or suck a, them up in a syringe, uh -huh. and then inject them into a patient, and then they'll find their way to the pancreas, and they'll like like seeds in a in a barren field, they will re re uh, revegetate or re yeah redifferentiate into those yeah. particular yeah. yeah. But but what if they don't? Well, so so, but it and they that has not worked. Ah. And they, but they're working on it. They're and working it on it. Eventually, which is encouraging, which would, is exciting, but it would be a cure for the millions of type one diabetics. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's it's almost like transplanting uh, cells into your body that are, have the potential to make insulin. Yeah, I think it's going to happen within our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. But the idea of simply sucking out some of your bone marrow mm -hmm. and shooting it back into your body, or even you know, doing some magic. Uh, process on them yeah. and hoping that they'll find their way to your pancreas and start doing the right thing 
is is a hope, is a vain hope, and plus, yeah. it who knows if there are potential harms, True. and who knows if you know they couldn't they could re differentiate into some bad things, mm -hmm. right? What if they don't differentiate differentiate into what they're intended yeah. to become? Yeah, more of the pancreatic cells to create insulin. Right, they so it's it's, it's a else. shot in the dark, and it's a waste of money, yeah. and it's frankly a fraud. It's an appropriation of a, a really good idea, wow. you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then they're doing this this stem cell stuff for all kinds of things. They're doing it for like Alzheimer's. Like, let's take some of your bone marrow and shoot it in your body, and let's, you know, we might get lucky. It might go to your brain, and yeah. you'll develop new neurons. And wouldn't it be great for paraplegics and quadriplegics? And yeah. Well, they're working on that. Yeah. Too. They are absolutely that would working be on amazing. It. Yeah. You know, mm. uh, regenerate the spinal cord. Yeah. And that is—it's definitely that's a science that is um, is being investigated, and I think it will be ready for prime time in a decade or two or three. You think it'll take as much as three decades? I think it's going to be a decade. I, if, if I was a gambler, I agree. I agree, yeah. and I'm hoping because things go will, faster. No, I'm hoping that it will be accessible to yeah. us in our you know extreme. Right. Old age, if there's yeah. some degenerative problem. Well, a decade from now, we might be eating cultured meat. Uh, or insects. Or in Yes, well, <laughs> insects are already kind of there, the cricket thing. I've had cricket. cricket. Any uh, good? Yeah, well, it's it's really good with Tasty. tequila. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to have a couple of tequilas to warm okay. up to the idea of eating a bowl of crickets. I understand that. At the I Mexican probably would, restaurant. too. <laughs> I did a, a, I have a couple of crickets, take a tequila shot, you know. They serve crickets at a, me at a Mexican yeah, restaurant? Yeah, they're like spicy and crunchy. They're kind of oh, like popcorn, okay. you know. Okay. Yeah. Spicy but calamari. Popcorn with legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So, Greg, there you have it. There's your answer. Yeah. So, so. not i.e., I'm not a big fan. Okay. Right. So, uh, we, we need to go to uh, part two. But... Um, mm -hmm. What I want to also announce is that we have a campaign underway. Uh, we talk a lot about supplements here on Intelligent Medicine, mm -hmm. and there is an effort afoot. It's actually, it's continuous. It's been, ever since I've been in integrated medicine, is to more strictly regulate the supplement marketplace. And, you know, ostensibly, this is to protect people. Yeah. Because there are some bad players, and sometimes there are some bad products. True. But I got to say that, when the government uh, puts its heavy hand on any industry in terms of regulation, it always ends badly. Mm -hmm. And I've seen uh, some of the proposals, and I think it's going to restrict our access to supplements of quality, supplements of uh, that are innovative, and yeah. it's going to drive some of the smaller, more nimble, privately owned companies mm -hmm. out of business, which are companies that I, I like to look at. Which would be a tragedy. Yeah, and then, quite honestly, then all of the vitamin industry and supplement industry will be a subsidiary of the pharmaceutical industry, which yeah. they're already doing. They're buying up supplement True. companies. Yeah. Clorox has bought vitamin companies. Honestly, yeah, uh, and a lot of Nestle's big food, big, food, big agriculture is buying up organic. Yeah, uh, yeah. companies as well. You know. So anyway, so, so here we Congress are. is seeking to enlarge FDA's purview over supplements, and we're mm -hmm. trying to push back against that. We got a campaign going. It's our Save Our Supplements campaign. Uh, at drhoffman.com slash A-N-H. That's drhoffman.com slash A-N-H. And there you can learn how you can take action and hopefully donate because for a limited time, I'll be matching all donations up to a total of $5,000. Mm -hmm. 
So if you just want to put that to rest, you know, somebody just uh, ante up $5,000 and we're done. Yeah. And then we'll have $10,000. There we go. But Terrific. Your, your contributions is always of, you know, 20 or 40. Or, Every little bit helps. You know, it Every would, dollar would be helps. appreciated. Yes. So, uh, and by the way, I'm president of the Alliance for Natural Health now. So Woo. we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're gearing up for our uh, uh, 23 campaign mm -hmm. in Congress to persuade legislators that this isn't a good idea. And so far, we, we, pushed, we have been successful. We have stopped pretty aggressive efforts in 2022 to tag a, a supplement regulation provision to the appropriations for the FDA. I mean, it's totally inappropriate. Oh, in other words, uh, it's like... It's like it's well, like, you know, one day... It's like blackmail. Hopefully, in, in it's more my like lifetime... It, when they start, when when politicians stop taking money from big pharma for their campaigns, maybe things will be different. Yeah. But right now, it's like they have them by the, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, mm -hmm. uh, drhoppen.com slash a and h. Yes. All right, we're okay. going to go to part two. Give us a preview of what we're going to talk about in part two. Uh, a suggestion for menopause or postmenopause vaginal atrophy. Okay, great. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. We'll be right back.